When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I'll tell you what it is. It is Canty and Carlin with yet another primetime parlor. Let's go. Hold on, hold on. Carlin, you're not here, so you know what that means. Oh, Oh, yes. You see it in my hands. Feel the power. Let's go. Let it fly. Let's go. Let's go! Money everywhere! Let it rain! Let it rain! Outstanding. (laughs) I'll tell you what, if you are not writing down everything that Chris Canty says these days, you are out of your freaking mind. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by... Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Oh, we have got so much to get to today. And we start with what we saw last night down in Tampa, the good and the bad. And we're unfortunately going to start with the bad with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, just to give you some context of the news of the day, Uh, Tom Brady posted uh, a little while ago on Instagram that he and his wife, Giselle Bunchen are officially separating. So we don't need to get into every aspect of that by any stretch. What we saw on the field last night from the Tampa Bay Bucks, Canty, looked to me like a team that just cannot find itself right now. They get off to a good start. They look like they have some answers offensively. But ultimately, they don't have nearly enough to get the job done. And you have guys who are just not on the same page right now. And I don't know that I can remember the frustration boiling over for Tom Brady as much as I have seen it this year. No, there was clearly a lot of frustration on his face. And you could tell that there was a lot of miscommunication between him and Mike Evans. And, Carlin, that is a microcosm of what we've seen from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all season long on the offensive side of the ball. Now, we can point to a lot of different reasons why that's happening with guys being in and out of the lineup. Carlin, pretty much everybody in their receiving core has missed time this season. So that has been an issue in terms of Tom Brady being able to have some rapport with his receivers. And the problem with that is that 80% of the yards on offense for the Bucs comes through the passing game. So when you guys aren't on the same page in terms of quarterbacks and the receivers and you have no semblance of a running game, The issues that you see Tom Brady face only get exacerbated. So I I don't know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, without being able to get healthy and add some some guys on that side of the ball and get some chemistry, I don't know that we're going to see a different result in terms of that offense being being able to be more consistent. I I don't know that we will either. And it's unfortunate because, you know, they were doing what I felt like they should do early, Canty, and that was running the football. Yep. And that was – making other plays off the run 
but they just weren't capable of it. In the second half, they completely forgot about it. And this was not a blowout game by any stretch. This was a game where it's hard to imagine seeing Brady and Mike Evans not on the same page. Mm -hmm. And boy, how often did we see that last night? Well, I mean, even the missed uh, Mike Evans touchdown in the end zone, right? That was Tom Brady overshooting his wide receiver, but... You saw a couple of deep inbreakers where Tom Brady was expecting Mike Evans to sit down and he kept going. Um, there were several situations where it was a lack of communication. Now, Mike Evans made some spectacular catches. I don't think it's an indictment on either player. I just think that there's been some interruption in terms of them being able to have practice time, meeting time together, and there have been some other guys that Tom Brady has been trying to integrate into the offense. And just the confluence of events – have led to a lot of missed assignments, a lot of, you know, missed opportunities. And last night, all of that kind of came to a head in the second half when the Baltimore Ravens put their foot on the gas. Look, this is not a situation that I look at with the Bucks as bad as it is in that division. And I say that this is a team that can get it fixed. This is a team that can go on any kind of a run. They look to me, and I know what all the injuries are, and I know when guys are coming back. They look to me like a team that will win the division, which is a god-awful division. They mm. may win it going 7-10, and 10, for all we know. But, Canty, they do not look like a team that's going to make the playoffs and do anything with it. Well, I Carlin, don't expect I think, that. I think Tom Brady is on his way to having his worst regular season record ever. When yeah. he's played all the games in the regular season, all 16, all 17 now, I, I think he's on, he's on his way to having the worst mark of his career. Now, to your point, I think the Bucks still find themselves in the postseason picture by virtue of winning the division. Right now, ESPN's FBI gives the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a 53% chance of winning the NFC South. But this upcoming weekend, the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons are going to play for first place in the division, which is wild to think about that. But, <laughs> I mean, the reality is that this Tampa team has to get healthy. And until they get healthy, they're going to continue to struggle. The defensive side of the ball wasn't able to bail them out last night, Carlin. I mean, in the second half, you could tell playing the run game for the Baltimore Ravens, killed that defense, Devin White, they didn't know whether they were coming or going. It they was didn't know killing. what was going on. They, they had no clue as to what was happening, Carlin. The Ravens racked up 231 yards rushing against that Tampa Bay defense. And, Carlin, the majority of that happened in the second half. In the first half, the Ravens only had 27 yards rushing. Think about that. Mm. 27 yards rushing, which means they rushed for 204 in the second half. Now, we said coming into this game that the secondary for the Bucks was depleted. Three of the four starters in the Bucks secondary was missing. So it made sense that Greg Roman and that Ravens offense would check the oil of the secondary for the Bucks. But once they realized that those guys were holding up, they went back to what they did best. And there were no answers for Todd Bowles' defense. Carlin, at this point, the head coach and de facto defensive coordinator, he's got no answers for what's going on. Not just with the defensive side of the ball, but what's going on with his team as a whole. And that's a problem. Well, when he's there post-game saying, we're looking at everything, everything's on the table, including coaching changes, I mean, that to me is a guy that does not have a decent pulse of what's going wrong with his team. And I hate to say it because I like Todd Bowles, but Chris, I mean, I go back to the fact that 
after the Jets went 10-6 and six their first year with other players, they didn't make the playoffs. Todd Bowles went 14-34 and 34 after that. 14-34. and 34. Not It's great, inexcusable. Bob. No, it's inexcusable. And now you find yourself at the beginning of the year with all kinds of weapons to work with, all kinds of really good players, and you're not getting any kind of a return on that. And I, I know the injuries are a problem. Canty, is it unfair for me to say that the horse could be out of the barn for just generally being able to get on a run by the time they get everybody back? No. 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 It I feels like just, it. They still have the potential to go on a run, Carlin. They do. They still have that potential because the offensive line is going to get healthier. Think about it. When you get Ryan Jensen, that's going to change the interior of that offensive line. All of a sudden now he's paired with Shaq Mason, their right guard. You still have to deal with the revolving door, which has been the left guard position. But it's much easier to overcome one offensive lineman when the other four are capable of playing at a Pro Bowl level. So I think that's that's something that the Bucks have to feel good about. The receiving core we're hoping gets healthier, although Julio Jones did look like a shell of himself. And Chris Guy went outside of one catch and run, didn't necessarily become a factor in that game last night. Um, we'll see what Leonard Fournette has left in the tank when the offensive line can create more movement at the point of attack and give him some lanes to run in. I, I think that the ales for this Tampa team will fix themselves as they get personnel back. But, Carlin, the biggest question is, is it going to be in time for them to build momentum and go into postseason and go on a run? Yeah, I don't that, know that That's it is. the thing I have a serious question about. But yeah. will they be in the postseason? Absolutely. I want to hear from Brady last night after the game on the Bucks subpar play. Here he is. You know, I think we struggled pretty much at everything. You know, we just struggled in the red area, struggled in third down, struggled in the run game. Uh, Two-point plays, um, short yardage, backed up, start first quarter, start of the third quarter, not very good offense football. Yeah, that's a guy with zero answers right now. That That's a guy who absolutely has no idea what's going on with his team right now. And this, I thought, was really interesting. Here's Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, uh, talking about Brady and how he looked after the game. Actually, a vibe I really haven't seen, uh, I haven't experienced with Tom Brady after a loss, maybe after a postseason loss, an end-of-season loss, but I've never seen this. Tom Brady sitting at his locker in full pads well after the rest of his teammates had taken off their pads, most of the guys kind of clearing out of the locker room. Brady still facing the wall of his locker, full pads. Blaine Gabbert came over, consoled him a little bit. Some players came over and consoled him. It did not feel like a normal loss. And listen, I think this has been an incredibly difficult year on many, many fronts. And Brady went back to what he thought he knew, and even that has failed him this year. And it's unfortunate that they're in this position, and they very well may make the playoffs and win the division. But I I just don't see where they're going very far. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And then, Canty, we have to flip over to the Ravens side of things last night. I'll tell you what, that was impressive. That, that was a team that in the first half did not look particularly good. Lamar was not, uh, was not in any way accurate at times in the first half. Out on the run, they weren't able to get very much going. And then 
they just went back to basics. You referenced Greg Roman wanting to throw the football to find out exactly where the Bucks were with these replacement defensive backs. Okay, fine. We'll go back and we'll do what we do. And they just absolutely kicked their tail in the second half. Yeah, here's the thing. I didn't think they were bad on in the first half in the passing game. I, I didn't see that at all. I mean, Lamar was 19 for 30 for 144 yards. I just think when it came to being able to convert on third downs, that's where the struggles came, and a big part of that is because Mark Andrews was hurt. Um, but I, I did think that they had a focus of trying to exploit the deficiencies in that Bucks secondary because they had so many guys out due to injury. But once they got back to what their identity is, which is being able to utilize the quarterback-led run game, that's when everything opened up for them, not just in the running game, but also in the passing game. And that's how a guy like Isaiah Likely has a day. I mean, he stepped up big time in the absence of, of Mark Andrews, Devin Duvernay, once Rashad Bateman got out, you saw him get more involved in the offense, not only as a receiver, but a guy that they utilized on jet sweeps. So yep. I thought Greg Roman did a great job of keeping that Bucks defense off balance. And with all of the misdirection that Baltimore used in their run game, it was clear that once the second-level defenders for Tampa figured out exactly where the ball was, the offensive line for Baltimore was climbing to the next level and making sure that they blocked those guys up. They did a great job of getting a hat on a hat, which got the running backs past the line of scrimmage, got Lamar Jackson past the line of scrimmage. And, Carlin, I say this all the time, that's when you see how special ball carriers really are, once you get them past the line of scrimmage. And Hmm. you saw that Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson were able to do some really good things. And we got to give credit to Gus Edwards because this is his second game back from a major injury, and you're talking about short week's rest, Carlin. He was able to give you some pretty good production. You're talking about having 65 yards rushing on 11 carries. That's 5.9 a pop. So, I mean, that that was pretty good from him. And, and I think Kenyon Drake being a good change of pace guy, utilizing him not only as a runner but a receiver out of the backfield. Baltimore, for having their top two receivers out of that game, did a great job of being able to find some balance in the second half. This was a game where I – we were talking about it yesterday. This was incredibly important for the Baltimore Ravens, to me, to win this game. And it didn't even have to do with the injury uh, to Jamar Chase. I I thought it before we found out the news yesterday, and I thought it even more so after. Because I do think it's a stretch that the Cincinnati Bengals can navigate. And I think this division is a dogfight down the the stretch of this season. And I think both of these teams are going to make the playoffs. Carlin, it ain't going to be a dogfight if Baltimore's offense plays the way they did in the second half. Do you realize that Lamar Jackson was a perfect eight for eight? I do. In in the second half, throwing the football. But are we going to toss Cincinnati aside that quickly? No, I'm not tossing Cincinnati aside, but I think we're minimizing the impact of Jamar Chase's absence for the next month to a month and a half. And I will say this, Baltimore against a defense that people thought was fairly decent in the Tampa Bay Bucks, at least from a personnel standpoint in their front seven, went through them like a hot knife through butter. Yes, I said it the right way this time (laughs) because they scored on every single possession in the second half, Carlin, and what has been the Achilles heel for Baltimore? Second half of games, especially in the fourth quarter, we're calling it wasn't last night. They scored 24 points in the second half. And, and there was no point, I will say, even though there were times where they were trying to come back, there was no point in the fourth quarter where I thought the Bucks were coming back to win the game. No. Not not no. one point. Even no. though it, you know, they tried to make it interesting late, that was never, ever happening. There was never an uh-oh moment. Listen, I'm not going to minimize what 
the Ravens did last night. It was an important game, but I'm also not going to minimize the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, Chase hurts. It hurts. But I, I over this four-game stretch and the bye week sandwiched in the middle there, too, I, I think it's possible for them to navigate it to, to get through 3-1 and one and 2-2 and two at worst. I fully expect that to be the case. I, like I think they're good enough Carlin, to do that. Carlin, I like where Baltimore is sitting right now. You're talking about them having one game over the next 23 days, and that being on the yep. road against the New Orleans Saints. Yep. And they also and it, have a lot of games against teams that don't have winning records. Yeah, I mean, after the bye week, they've got the Carolina Panthers, then they're on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Denver Broncos, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, I know, that, but, that's as, that's as but... soft. That's as soft as, that's as soft as it gets right now. That's as soft as it gets. I, I get that, but I look at the Ravens, and I still don't see a team that I feel like is a dominant team. I still don't feel like a team that, when I look at some of these games coming up, that it's definitive that they are going to win these games. Like I, I, I They're going to beat Carolina. You know, They're going to beat the likes of Jacksonville. You don't they're think gonna, they're going to beat New Orleans? They should. They should. The game's in New Orleans. Should I, I mean, should they win in Pittsburgh? Of course they should. But my thing is, like, I wouldn't look at the Ravens like I'm looking at Buffalo, where I, I think that if Buffalo had this stretch, they would absolutely blow through it like nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced yet that the Ravens are going through that group like a hot knife through butter. I'm convinced that the Ravens are going to be right there at the end to win the division, but I do think it's going to be up for grabs between them and six Cincinnati when we get to Week 16, Week 17. So you think it's going to come down to that Week 18 matchup with the Bengals? I think it could. I think it could. And that game's in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, Listen. I, just, I, I, don't, I just don't see it. I'm looking at the Ravens' remaining schedule. I don't see it. I mean, the only team – I mean, Carlin – there, there is no team outside of the Cincinnati Bengals remaining on their schedule that has a winning record. All right, not so, one. Uh, all right, no, I get that, but what I'm saying is they haven't earned it in my mind that I'm going to automatically assume they're going to go win those games. Well, look just, at, well, hold just on. based on the, the fourth let's, quarter let's, problems. Well, well, listen, look at the body of work, though, Carlin. I mean, think about it. This is a team that's sitting here at five and three, and their only losses are to the Miami Dolphins, and they were one of the best teams in football especially in the AFC, through the first three weeks when Tua was healthy. They lost to the Buffalo Bills without Rashad Bateman, and that came down to a last-second field goal. And they lost to the New York Giants, and they turned the ball over two times in the last three minutes. But all of those teams are teams with winning records, teams that figure to be in the postseason hunt. Everybody Mm -hmm. else, they've beaten. They've also held on for dear life like they did last week against Cleveland. But what I'm saying to you is all of the other teams on their schedule save the Cincinnati Bengals, and I guess we have to say the Atlanta Falcons, but not really. All the (laughs) other teams on the rest of their schedule don't figure into the playoff math. So how can we not say that this is not a team that's going to be there in the end, most likely to win their division and be in the playoffs? Listen, I think they'll be there in the end fighting for the division title. Could Week 18 come down to winning the division? It could. I think both of those teams, though, because the Bengals don't have a bunch of world beaters in front of them either, if we're going to use that rationale. I think both those teams, though, are going to be fighting it out, and they will both be in the playoffs. The Bengals don't have a bunch of world beaters? Are you out of your mind? The Bengals play the Tennessee Titans on the road. The Bengals play the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals play the Buffalo Bills. 
Stop the, yourself. Uh, there's the, nobody. There's nobody on Baltimore's schedule that's like that for the, for, for the remainder of the season. Listen. Let's not throw Tennessee in, in that group oh, because on. you and I oh, both know Tennessee's not that good. Tennessee go. is here. not that They're good. They've got Cleveland, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. The two teams that they have left are Kansas City and Buffalo. I can't argue those two. I can't argue those two. But I, I don't think that it is an unmanageable stretch that they have when after Monday night, both teams are going to be 5-3. and three. Carlin, I will say this. If Jamar Chase is not back for the games against the Titans and the Chiefs, they lose in both of them games. If he's not back for that Tennessee game, they lose in that game. They mm-hmm. are losing that game. Losing to Tennessee. I, uh, in Tennessee, t- Tennessee, they are losing. Tennessee, Tennessee has the second-worst pass defense in the league. In Tennessee, they are, they are losing that game. Yeah, I think they'll be all right in that game. Canty okay. and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Feisty Start. Let's get rolling. 888 uh, 888-929-989. It was right? feisty enough where you can't remember the number? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God. 729-3776. That is the Canty and Carlin, Dr. Pepper call in line. 888-SAY-ESPN. Canty up next, the NFL trade deadline is looming. Who's going to be buyers and who's going to be sellers? Jeremy Fowler, who was at the game last night, will also tell us his perception of the Brady situation and where the Ravens are. He joins us in moments. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
Man, it was uglier than I would have thought. And you could see the frustration in Tom Brady last night. More so than perhaps ever before. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line by calling us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. We welcome in Jeremy Fowler right now, ESPN NFL insider who was at the game last night. Follow him on Twitter at ESPN. Jeremy, Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. I do think we got a nice sideline shot of you in that fourth quarter looking <laughs> sharp, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, the camera treats you well. Let's just let's be honest about it. But uh, let's just to start with Brady, Jeremy, just give us your overall take of his night on the field and then what you saw post game. Yeah, it was great to be on the field at the end of the game there. I think I, I was I was trying to figure out what Lamar was saying to his coach. They were debating something uh, pretty spiritedly on the sidelines. I was trying to figure it out, and I think I got a, a little too much camera time. Um, <laughs> but you, were you, you were asking about the Bucks, right? Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah, so I, I, it's it's a team that looks has looked at times this year checked out, right? Like they just don't look emotionally invested the way you would like. But then yesterday, they just looked like a bad team. It was almost just the opposite. Couldn't stop the run, couldn't do much of anything, can't run the ball. And so, you know, I, I really believe, and there are some rumblings on this, that uh, there are going to be some changes this weekend somehow. I don't know if it's just some, some competition at roster spots, um, a potential trade, a movement to the coaching staff, or play calling. I just, it feels like everything's going to be on the table uh, this weekend. Because it, it's not really just – it's not a Tom Brady thing. It's just this is a team that came into the year and probably thought, hey, we're going to be in the NFC Championship again, you know. Uh, and I, it's like they're sleepwalking through it, and this is what you get. Well, Jeremy, you talked about some of the things that the Bucks are dealing with. They came into that game last night banged up, and they took another big blow with Shaq Barrett. We're getting the reports now of a torn Achilles. So yeah. do we anticipate the Bucks being in the trade market for a pass rusher? You know, possibly in light of this development, um, the, the you know there's some veterans out there that could be cheaper, but the high end guys like a Brian Burns in Carolina or Bradley Chubb in Denver would take a lot. You know, at least a first round pick. In Burns's case, two first round picks wouldn't even get it done. So, you know, that's a little bit of an of an issue there. You could try for like a Jerry Hughes in Houston, maybe kind of like mm-hmm. a mid range veteran. But uh, you know, for the most part, Tampa, I get the sense like they have more internal issues that they got to figure out before they go making trades. You know, um, they got to kind of look in the mirror and figure that part out. Uh, you know, they could make a small move. Like they, they know they need some more tight end help. Um, there aren't a lot of tight ends available, but like uh, Denver's Albert. O. that, you know, he's not playing a lot there. Young guy, that could be an option. And then, you know, running back. I mean, they, they you know, they got Keyshawn Vaughn that's not playing. Uh, you could try to trade him, but I mean, they need all the help they can get at the running back position right now. Jeremy, how about, Brady, just watching him, what do you think right now as we see him on and off the field in front of the microphone? Yeah, you know, it's – well, first of all, it's it's tough when you see somebody obviously going through some uh, some off-the-field life issues in, 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 in the middle of the season. You know, it's tough to see anybody have to go through that. Um, you know, on the field, 
you know, he, he missed a couple throws that you don't normally see him miss. Uh, but I, it doesn't look like the arm strength is an issue. He seems to be moving around okay. Um, you know, he, he is uh, looks a little more frail or, or skinnier than he used to, so maybe that affects some pocket movements or strength. But overall, um, I don't think the Bucks are overly worried about that. I think they're more worried about just the whole performance of the team and the lack of intensity, Brady included. Jeremy, I, I got to ask you because we've heard rumors about the Philadelphia Eagles not being done in the trade market. They made the move for Robert Quinn earlier this week. There have been grumblings about how they could potentially be interested in Alvin Kamara. Now, the Eagles themselves have kind of shut that down or, or quelled that a little bit. But do you anticipate the Eagles making another move ahead of the trade deadline on Tuesday? So, potentially, it depends on what develops. I mean, Kamara, a move like that would be probably a little out of their price range. Um, you know, the Eagles typically look for more of a bargain. I know they did the A.J. Brown deal, which is including a first-round pick. But for the most part, you know, they try to piece these together with mid-to-late-round picks, like they did with Robert Quinn, fourth-rounder. That's probably all they want to do. Um, so, you know, running back, I could see an ad there. Uh, you know, because there, there are a lot available. There's Kareem Hunt you could probably get for, like, a fourth- or fifth-round pick. Jeff Wilson in San Francisco is available. Um, there are a few others, you know, so if you want to do that. And he's got good uh, – Howie Roseman has good depth at offensive line. So you look at it teams like the Jets right now, uh, where GM Joe Douglas used to be with the Eagles. You know, he could use an extra piece there with all the injuries they've had. Um, you know, Andre Dillard comes to mind, but he's solely a left tackle, so I don't know if he would make sense for the Jets or to have Dwayne Brown there. So, you know, some possibilities, but I don't think it's a slam dunk by any stretch. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Last one for me, Jeremy. Nathaniel Hackett, um, owner spoke up today, not happy with where things are at the moment. If they lose in London to Jacksonville on Sunday, could he legitimately be on the hot seat and potentially lose his job this quickly? I would be surprised. Um, just one, the nature of, of Denver's operation, even though they have new ownership, this is a very proud franchise. Firing a coach after eight games would, would be um, uh, really uh, unlike Denver's operation, I would say. And also, the, you know, the owner expressed uh, a, a good amount of faith in Nathaniel Hackett from what I saw. So did GM George Payton. Now, I know sometimes that's a kiss of death, uh, but I think in this case, he said specifically that they're looking for a good second half from Nathaniel Hackett. So that suggests to me uh, that he will get the year, which I think is the right decision. Um, if he's one and done, that's great, you know, uh, but let, let him figure it out first. I, I just don't know what firing a guy after eight games really does when yes, he's had his issues, but he is far from the only coach who's had or uh, far from the only problem there. I should say uh, with the offense and the way Russell Wilson has played. Jeremy, appreciate it, man. Great insight as usual. Thanks. Hey, thanks, fellas. Appreciate you having me. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter. He did get a lot of camera time late in that game last night on the sideline. It did catch a lot of them out there. He looked good. He looked good. No, he did, he did look good, but I could not disagree with him more with the Nathaniel Hackett take. I totally agree. I, I mean, if the guy has shown that he can't do the job, I, I, I don't understand what the point of keeping him for the remainder of the season does. Uh, I totally agree, and I honestly think that it – signals to the folks in Denver about what your new ownership group is going to be about. Yep. And when you have somebody that is so clearly overmatched for the job, moving on quicker to me is a positive yes. as opposed to waiting. Yeah. Less, we're not tolerating incompetence. 
and we're yeah. not tolerating mediocrity. I don't can, even know if you can call what the Broncos are doing mediocrity. No, it's not. That's not no. mediocrity. Trust me, I know mediocrity. That's not mediocrity. <laughs> You're an expert, some would say, in mediocrity. <laughs> exactly. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great play, uh, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces, come join their growing team. Go to progressive.com slash careers. Apply online today. Up next, the Cowboys are definitively going to be without one of their stars on Sunday. What is the ceiling for this Dallas team? We discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty, I, I, you know, so I'm, I'm on the plane last night, right? Yep. And first of all, I don't know where Russ was doing any high knees. Because there's there's not a lot of room. He was probably on a bigger plane than I was on. I don't know where Russ is doing high knees. Because I I did think about it and having somebody shoot it just for, you know, comedy's sake. But, um, you know, I get here today and and these planes, uh, as much as I I seemingly have talked about this air travel lately, they are just not built for you and me, man. It's just... It's getting worse by the day. And I, I got in here to the – I'm in Minnesota. I'm at There the, you our, go. Give, our, the, give the audience a little context. Yes, I'm in Minnesota. I've got Rutgers, Minnesota tomorrow. And I'm at our affiliate right now in Minneapolis, which I'm thrilled to be here. These guys have been great. And I'm jammed uh, into a studio right now. And I've got enough room. But before the show, as I am trying to get everything in order, it was basically the Tommy Boy – uh, seen from when he is 
trying to change in the bathroom on the plane. <laughs> that is hilarious. And it was how, how do you make that? First of all, how do you make that work? You don't. You don't. <laughs> like, you, you just don't. Yeah, I mean, I am right now. I've got my knees that are just jammed into the side of of the console here, and I'm trying to get the camera in here. I got to get our our two different screens in here. I got wires everywhere, all over the place. I'm, I got wires ripping out of the back of my ha- uh, back of my ear. It, it was oh my god, Canty! Like all I needed was to have like one of those ironing boards from a wall fall on my head. <laughs> So, so essentially, you're in an interrogation room trying to do a radio show. Doesn't it look like I'm in an interrogation room? All right. Uh, I mean, of... it, it, I mean, blink twice if you need help. <laughs> like, I mean, is <laughs> is this is this Minneapolis's version of Guantanamo? I, I no. just don't understand. No, these guys are these guys have been absolutely phenomenal. But okay, I, I, I'll tell but you we're what. not going to give you no real estate in our studio, though. No, we'll put you. We'll put you in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> we love in... you. We'll give you some of that Midwest charm, but just so you know, this is where you're doing your show from. <laughs> I, did we say anything bad about the Vikings recently? Uh, I don't think so. I, mean, I don't we think said so that we, we felt like they were going to win their division, so I, I you would expect so that they would give you a little more love, right, big fella? No, they've given me plenty of love here, to tell you the truth. It's just, okay. This has more to do with my size than it has to do with anything else. And guess what? That's generally the case. That's okay. generally the case. But it's big guy season, though. You know, when winter times, weather starts getting cold, it's big guy season. It's our time, man. You're big it, with a beard. Everybody yeah. wants to get to know you a little bit better. This kind of place, up here where it gets cold, I would do well up here. I would do well up here. This from our guy Clarence Hill Jr. on Twitter, who we had on the other day, of course, from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Multiple sources continue to say Zeke Elliott not expected to play against the Bears this week and for a couple of weeks, going to rest his knees. You know, maybe they do it through the bye, and I understand it. Um, Jerry Jones confirmed it, said this just gives too good of an opportunity if we don't use Zeke, and we'll see how he is responding as the week goes along. But if we don't use him, it's just too too great of a time uh, to get him in top shape. Look, Zeke... Ooh, I don't like that, Carlin. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. And it, I get it. it. The Detroit Lions, it feels like a relatively low bar to clear. But the thing that we've talked about at nauseum since Dak was poised to come back was the offense needing to look more like what we saw with Cooper Rush in terms of it being more run game centric. And now with Ezekiel Elliott out and Tony Pollard never having more than 17 rushes, 17 rush attempts in any one game, college or pro, it makes you wonder, is this the game that the Cowboys get away from, what has served them well, and what has led them to having one of the best records in the NFC? I I don't want to see them having Dak chuck it around the lot 35 times on Sunday. I mean, that's what I fear. That might not be what you want, but that's – that's probably what's going to happen. You know, why don't I trust them? Shouldn't I trust them more? Why don't I trust them to be why able to find that balance? Why would you trust the Dallas Cowboys, Carlin? You saw how they got bounced at home in the playoffs by the 49ers? When why I say would you trust, trust them, them? When I say trust them, I mean trust them to do the right thing with their offense when we can all see it. Why don't I trust them to do that? I, I feel like... It's pretty evident to everybody, and the Cowboys know it. Does this boil down to, at some point, the owner just saying, wait a second, I'm paying the quarterback $40 million a year, and this is what we're doing, and we're trying to win games 20 to 13? 
Is that is that what we are? Well, it feels like it, right? Because if you're paying a guy that kind of money and you have deficiencies on your roster, in this instance, you're starting running back being out for the game because of a knee injury, then, yeah, your quarterback is going to have to help you overcome that, and the best way that Dak can do that is with his arm. Now, I actually think that they should utilize Dak Prescott a little bit in their zone running scheme and allow Tony Pollard to have some bigger lanes because of the quarterback being a threat to take off and run it. And, and I'm not saying that Dak needs to lower his shoulder into defenders. I'm all about the quarterback sliding even on quarterback design run plays. But at least the threat of Dak Prescott as a runner creates so much more space for Tony Pollard and everybody else within that offense. So I think they've got to think about trying to utilize Dak's athleticism in different ways in order to help them overcome you know, Zeke Elliott being out of the lineup because you are talking about a guy that is a presence when it comes to the run game, especially in between the tackles. Oh, okay. So I, I get that, and I get that Pollard's never been that, you know, full load, 25 carry guy. He ain't a thumper yeah. running back. Yep, I get all that. He's a home run hitter. Do they fall into a trap where they continue to do that after they get Zeke back? That's see here's that's my biggest fear about the whole thing is that they get too comfortable in it that 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 becomes their identity again and we can all agree that's not the identity they need to have. Well, here's why it can't be their identity. They have to control time of possession because the real strength of this team is the defense, especially yeah. that defensive line. And you and can't have you them out like there at 35 do, minutes a game. That's the problem. If you if you're passing the ball and not having success, that's yeah. what you're looking at and all of a sudden those pass rushers are gassed and your defense is not as good, and things tend to get exposed under those circumstances. So that's why you have to continue to play complementary football based on what your strength is, which means offensively with Kellen Moore, you've got to call a game that's run-centric. You've got to lead with the run game. Now, I'm not saying that the short passing game can't be an extension of the run game, utilizing some RPOs, throwing some smokes in there, the screen game, Carlin. All of those things to me are like long handoffs. You can do that too, but but I think you got to stay away from putting Dak in shotgun, and you're talking about having you know you know your deeper pass patterns, your deeper routes on the route tree, all of those different things like the sixes, the eights, the sevens, the nine routes. You got to try to avoid all of those different things. The deep overs. That's not what you need to major in right now. That's not where you've had your success. Your success has been running the football, shots in play action, and leaning on a best pass rushing football. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.